Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling. Join Andy Schneider, National Spokesperson for the USDA APHIS Avian Health Program, Editor-in-Chief of Chicken Whisperer Magazine, and author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, Chicken Factor Chicken Poop, and Zero Waste Chicken Keeping, as he welcomes top poultry veterinarians, poultry scientists, and poultry nutritionists to discuss the hot topics in the poultry world today and provide science-based, fact-based, study-based information to help you raise the healthiest poultry possible. And now, here's your host, Andy Schneider. All righty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We have a great show lined up for you today, Calcium and Your Flock with Dr. Bridget McCray. We've been looking forward to this um, this show now for probably about 10 days. I reached out to her, I believe it was, and uh, said, hey, let's let's do this show on calcium in your flock. I'm getting a lot of questions uh, about it. People are asking questions like, uh, are the eggshells I feed back to my flock? Is that, a, is that the right type of calcium that they need? We've had questions like, you know, I heard that um, the calcium in the feed is more fast acting and, and I need to add oyster shell because it's a slower acting and the combination of the two. So we've heard questions like that. We had a question about ducks and calcium um, that, that's over on my Instagram page. So I'll be referring to that a little bit later when we get to our questions. Um, I'm posting currently and I'll do that at the first commercial break again about the show today. Maybe we'll have some folks that'll call in with some questions, but uh, we were talking really about calcium in your flock. Uh, we, we'll have questions like, is it okay for my uh, cockerels, my roosters, to eat the laying pellets because I've heard um, that you know too much calcium can affect them and, and not be so great for their health. So uh, again, kind of focusing on calcium today. Uh, we've heard you know there, there was a great article, I believe it was in the winter issue 2020, uh, or maybe it was earlier than that. I had to find it before the end of the show um, while Dr. McCray is uh, talking about it. I'll try to look that up. There was a great show that uh, Dr. McCray did about. Uh, our article that EC did about calcium in Chicken Whisperer magazine. I was curious to say, is is there, uh, can you give too much calcium to your flock? Because we always hear about these black soldier fly larvae um, having tons of calcium in them. So, and the people like to give tons of treats <laughs> to their chickens. Uh, can I give them too much calcium? And, and if I do, what happens? Do they just excrete it out? Uh, is it going to settle in their kidneys and their liver? Is something going to happen negatively with their health by giving them too much calcium? Um, I've had, do I have to have oyster shell free choice in there um, that they have access to? Uh, I had a great question 
I believe it was on Facebook, where if my chicken's free-range, is there something that they can pick up free-ranging that may uh, inhibit the calcium absorption? We've heard things like, uh, you know, apple cider vinegar, because it's very popular nowadays. We've heard, you know, I've heard that apple cider vinegar inhibits calcium absorption. And so that might not be great uh, when they talk about, you know, having these, uh, making these eggs every single day for us and, and, and the toll it takes on the, on the hen's body. So, you know, it's a big topic and there's no way we can cover all of everything we need to know in one show about calcium. But um, when you think about it, and I just spouted off several questions and a lot of things that people are concerned about with calcium in their flock. I often say, you know, um, too many treats can lead to osteoporosis because every ounce of treat you give is an ounce of nutritionally balanced feed they're not going to eat. And that's where they're maybe getting the bulk of their calcium. And um, so they're not getting the calcium intake. So they start pulling more out of their bones if you're giving too many treats and they're not eating off of their uh, complete feed. So uh, it's a big deal and it's a big topic, especially if you're in it for the eggs, uh, but also there's the general health of your chickens. And like I said earlier, the rooster. So I'm going to go to a commercial break go ahead and get that out of the way. And when we come back, we're going to bring on Dr. McRae, and we're going to be talking all about calcium in your flock. If you're listening, the phone number to call in, I uh, don't know a lot of people, um, uh, I don't have a good radio voice or I get nervous. So I'm asking on our social media to post some, some questions as well. But the call-in number is 347-637-3237. Again, that's 347 347- Six three seven thirty two thirty seven. When you call in, you'll be able to listen live, and uh, you'll hear a little beep when I bring you live. Of course, you'll hear me say that if we have any that take advantage of that. If not, I've got, uh, as you heard earlier, plenty of information and questions over on social media, and we'll get to that as soon as we return from this short commercial break. Stay tuned. Hey, it's the Chicken Whisperer. If you're in the market for a new incubator, then look no further than GQF. They have a great selection of tabletop and cabinet-style incubators at prices you can afford. I love my GQF Genesis Model 1588. It has a large picture window and an automatic thermostat, which makes for a better hatch every time. Go pick out your new incubator at GQFradio.com. That's GQFradio.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry. From rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. The Yard Bird Chicken Plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The 1.5 horsepower motor and 20-inch stainless steel tub can handle two 8-pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary, which makes it virtually maintenance-free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardBirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardBirdChickenPluckers.com. Chickens across the country are flocking to grubbits. These natural, oven-dried black soldier fly larvae are sustainably raised right here in the USA. Grubbits account for 10 to 15% of a normal diet 
and are available at almost half the price of some competing brands. More calcium, stronger eggshells, healthier feathers, happier hens. Find Grubbits online at grubbits.com, on social media at Grubbits, or on Amazon, G-R-U-B-B-E-T-S. That's Grubbits, the feed chickens need. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. <laughs> All righty, let me see. Yeah, I pushed the right button. We're back live. Um, I'm trying to do 15 things at once to get all these questions lined up and uh, post again on the uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, uh, hey, post your questions. I'm live now with uh, Dr. McRae, but we've got a few, and I'm sure she has an outline there that she's going to be talking about uh, calcium and your flock. So without further ado, I'm going to head right on over uh, to the switchboard and bring her on live. Thank you, Dr. McRae, for joining us today. We do appreciate it. Hi, Andy. How are you? Doing good. You're loud and clear. always like to hear that. So far, the Internet uh, and uh, Connection Gods are working well for this show, so I've got to love it. But, <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks for joining us. So um, I kind of hinted on a lot of stuff uh, earlier on when we're talking about calcium and the questions people have and the myths and the rumors and all of that out there, and I'm sure you're going to be able to clarify a lot of that for us. But um, calcium is so important, is it not, for our laying flock? Yeah, yeah. Any anytime you have a, a female bird that is trying to produce an egg, she's got to protect that egg, mm-hmm. um, protect the growing embryo. Even though I know most of the small flock owners don't produce, um, you know, eggs for chick production. It's rather for home consumption, um, table eggs. But mm-hmm. uh, that the. Let's just go over some like super basics before we dive into your specific questions. Sure. Um, for, first of all, the shell is made up of not just calcium, but calcium carbonate, CaCO3. Um, and the hen produces that, but she gets most of the calcium that goes into the shell from the diet. And although she can never quite get enough, so where is she going to get the rest of the calcium to make that egg cell every day? Well, the only other source that she has access to is her bones because our bones are made Mm -hmm. of calcium. Mm -hmm. So hens mostly pull from a balanced diet, and hopefully folks are feeding a balanced ration for the type of bird that they have. So if you have a laying hen, you should be feeding a laying hen diet because that diet is formulated for egg production. That way, as she's producing eggs, she won't pull more from her bones than she has to. She's getting an adequate or the start of adequate amounts um, from her diet. And the reason why we tell people to feed uh, a, a laying hen diet at least two weeks before the first egg is laid and I know some folks are like well I don't know when that's going to be yeah mm-hmm. you do we'll get to that in just a moment okay. uh, but you want to start feeding that laying hen diet you know two or three weeks before she lays her first egg so let's get back to when that's likely to be if now, she's a oh, commercial oh, strain if she's like say a, a leg horn a commercial strain with leghorn, she's going to start laying around 16 weeks of age. So you'll 
or 16 to 18 weeks of eggs. So you start, you know, giving her some laying hen diet about, you know, week 14 of age. That's after she hatches. And you'll feed that laying hen diet exclusively. Of course, you don't ever want to do a sudden change on any sort of diet. You should always gradually switch over to a new diet over the course of a week. So no sudden changes, no upset tummies. And then if you've got, like, say, a, a brown-shelled egg layer strain that's a commercial strain, like, say, what you have there, Andy, what, what strain do you have at home? We have the Bowman's Brown. The Bowman's Brown, you can have a red star, a production red, a black star. Isobrown. Um, any of those. Yeah, Isobrowns. Those are going to lay a little bit later, later, so you'd start feeding them their diets probably around week 20 after they hatch. And so the larger brown-shelled egg layers take longer for their bodies to mature, and you do want those bodies to mature and not lay too soon, or else they're going to be pulling that calcium from their legs and their, um, their, their bones, and you want that rather to go into overall body maturity and growth so that she's got a great frame to work with for the rest of her years. And if, if by chance, if by chance we're surprised and like I've had some of those, those production breeds maybe start popping them out. If it's the you know right season at 16, 17 weeks. So when I see that first egg, uh, even though that, then that I'm, means you didn't manage your light well, <laughs> okay. and that you, you're running the risk of prolapse. And gotcha. so that was start that's pretty early. risky behavior that you, you've, exposed your bird to that's not exactly fair to them because um that's that's really rough on their bodies but go ahead what so if, if i see that egg let's say at 17 weeks <laughs> I, oh, oh you know what i just had I, I found my first egg uh of course it may not be laying in the nest box yet but i, I found that first egg below the the uh, um, roost <laughs> or somewhere in a corner of the coop i saw the first egg at that point I'm switching from, say, a layer, I mean, a starter or a grower to layer at that point when I see that first egg, because I know that's always asked. Yeah, and about the same time that you're switching from a grower to the layer, you should also mm-hmm. be putting, um, like, ceramic eggs in the nest box or opening mm-hmm. up the nest box mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. them okay. to familiarize themselves to it. Um, and putting fake eggs or golf balls or something in there for them to... Um, acclimate to is is always a good idea. Um, I like the ceramic eggs because they come in two colors and depending on what breed you have, Mm. um, you know, that's more relevant to, to your flock. Sure. Um, of course I haven't seen a blue green ceramic egg yet. I hope it's out there, but I don't know. Yeah, with all those uh, Americanas and Arcanas and Easter Eggers that are laying, you would think that they would come out with one of those colored, you know, some uh, some not odd, but the different colored eggs for for those breeds, yeah. (sighs) So now that you know what the shell is made of, where the shell calcium comes from, and how you should go about feeding calcium through the diet, um, let's kind of carefully systematically go through some of your questions and see if I can answer them or not. Okay, let me scroll down here to where I actually posted about the calcium and I actually think I posted your article as well. So let me just see 
Um, if we have any here on here. Oh, hang on. That was not the... That was fatty liver disease. Let me get back down here to where I can find the calcium. <laughs> well, one of and the things I... you had actually called me about when mm-hmm. you had originally oh, yeah, brought yeah, yeah. this up, um, you had asked about eggshells and mm-hmm. feeding them back to the chickens. So uh, here's kind of the standard answer on feeding eggshells back to your chickens. And is it a good diet idea or is it a bad idea? Mm-hmm. So... Of course, if you see that your chickens are experiencing a problem um, and you are um, thinking that you need to feed oyster shell or maybe you can't get oyster shell and you're not sure how to give your chickens extra calcium, what some people have done is they will collect the eggshells for several days or weeks Mm-hmm. Um, washing them out every day, and I do recommend this. Wash out your eggshells, crack them open, have your morning omelet, mm-hmm. but wash out those eggshells and let them air dry. It takes only a few hours, but if you let them dry overnight, then, then put them in a big bowl. Um, when you've got a whole bowl's worth, like maybe, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks' worth of eggs, uh, and they're all dry, then what you can start to do is immediately crush them down. Um, and I don't mean crush and, and wear gloves when you do this because that's still a sharp eggshell and you don't need to cut yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, smash them down, but realize that's not going to do it. That still looks like an eggshell to a chicken. And they can recognize that. What you need to do is pulverize it into tiny pieces. So if you can smash it down even smaller into teeny tiny pieces, or if you've got a mortar and a pestle, you need yeah. to smash it down into a powder, or maybe, maybe you can, t- if you have enough, you can put it into a, a blender or a coffee grinder, making sure you clean it really well afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because if you pulverize it into a powder and place that in the coop for them to select free choice, mm-hmm. um, you'll probably have to put it into to some sort of a container that, that hangs on the side of the coop. Um, keep it dry. Don't let rainwater get in it. Mm-hmm. But um, then the chickens can come over and select it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You might be surprised after collecting a couple weeks worth of shells and pulverizing it in like say a coffee grinder you might have to do this in several batches folks you don't get a lot of powder so you might have (laughs) to collect for like say a month and and then do this but putting that in like a a cage cup and putting a couple of those around the coop or um, putting it out for maybe half a day and then collecting it back up because once it's pulverized you can kind of store that in like a Ziploc bag um, if they didn't touch it or didn't consume much of it. You can put that in a Ziploc bag and it's not like it's going to mm-hmm. um, do much of anything. You can even stick it in the freezer if that makes you feel comfortable. But, um, you know, you, it it's a mineral, pretty much a mineral and some organic material together. So, yeah, there could be a chance for it to go off on you. Um, but if you want to 
put it out there in cage cups a couple times mm-hmm. a month, then that might be an option for you. Is it a a perfect source of calcium? No, but it's pretty good. Okay. Um, it's not it's not um, very easy for the birds to to eat it. Um, if they start to uh, treat it like mash, um, sometimes it can kind of cake up in their mouth. But you know, make sure there's always fresh, clean water, and you'll not have that problem. But um, yeah, you can smash it up, and um, just, I I would say empty eggshells rather than taking like say a hard cooked egg and putting that in a blender and pulsing it um, and feeding that back to your chickens. That is only if you've got protein problems. That's mm-hmm. less so for say eggshells. Um, now one of the so, most pop. One of the most popular things you see, and you see it all the time, you've seen it for years, and I'm not sure how or where it got started, but they will um, take the eggshells, they'll put them on a baking sheet, uh, you know, and bake them for, I don't, I don't even remember, they're, they're all different, 350 for 10 minutes or whatever, then bring them out and crush them. I'm not sure I understand if they're trying to do that to kill any bacteria that may be there or to make it easier to crush, but that, that's probably the number one recommended way on the, on the forums and, and groups to put the eggshells in the oven, bake them for however so long, and then smash them. Is there any need to do that, or do you see an advantage of doing no. that? Okay. No, you can just let the eggshells air dry after you dry wash out. them out. Okay. And that, you know, that also takes the uh, inner and outer shell membrane, which is a, a membrane that the shell is um, built mm-hmm. upon. Once it's dry, it's easy to pulverize in, mm-hmm. like, say, a blender or a Coffee mm-hmm. grinder. Um, so baking it, that's more work than is necessary. Um, but drying, washing and drying is going to do pretty much the same thing. Gotcha. Let's, let's go so back save even yourself, fur- Save yourself some time and energy. <laughs> let's go back even further. Um, let's, let, let's, the, the age old question here, um, do, first. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just ordered an egg and a chicken on Amazon. I'll let you know. Now, um, the uh, do do I need to add supplemental um, calcium? So, so we, we we hear a lot of times there's plenty of calcium added into these nutritionally balanced feed that we're buying from the store, and it's really not necessary unless maybe you're washing some eggs and you have more than you like that break due to pressure or whatever, then then maybe at that time you'll add some oyster shell out there. So I guess that first question going back, do do I need to provide supplemental calcium for my flock on a regular basis, whether it be the eggshell recycling or the uh, oyster shell? Uh, is this something I should be doing as a small flock owner? If you've got a young flock, you should not be experiencing eggshell problems. As the flock ages and reaches the end of its first cycle of laying eggs, that's when a lot of people are like, oh, I need to help them. No, you need to give them a break. Uh, if, you're, if you're getting eggshells that are breaking in the nest box, then you need to manage your flock differently. Not necessarily mm-hmm. pump more calcium into them because as a hen ages, she uses the calcium less and less. She absorbs less. So, 
you've got to think about the hen itself and what you're doing management-wise mm-hmm. that is causing this problem. Okay. So if your flock needs a break, then let them have a break. You know what I'd really like someone to do is develop a feed that allows backyard flock owners or small flock owners to to let their flocks molt and um, instead of kind of, you know, yeah. some of those chickens, you know, they, they get strung out. <laughs> and I don't mean on drugs. But they, they, they're just kind of, they're trying and they're trying and they're trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can walk up to our chickens and say, it's okay, Penny. Take a break, but you know, physiologically, mm-hmm. she can still mm-hmm. keep trying, and it might be because of the lighting you have offered. It might be because um, her genetics just say, "I got this. I can go, go, go with the right diet. Mm-hmm. I can go, go, go." But you're not given the right diet. Um, might be that you are diluting the diet. You're letting them free range. You're doing mm-hmm. something that keeps her body from doing what it wants to do. And so now you think you have to fix the problem. Well, you know, stop putting Band-Aids on and, and do the big fix, which is changing the way mm-hmm. you do things. And a lot of people mm-hmm. don't want that answer. Right, right. Not, I want my chickens to free range. This is the whole reason why we got chickens. What do you mean I got to lock them up? That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. Well, that might be not what you want, but maybe that's what they need. And that, if a- you're not willing to recognize that, then that's what I'm always going to throw out there. Do you really know what's going on? And that's why we call it social science, because there's a lot of factors that go into this. Uh, A hen's daily calcium requirement for, like, say, a leghorn is four to five grams Mm -hmm. for a hen daily. Um, So she's going to try to get that from her diet and if you let the food run out or you know we had that conversation <laughs> last time right Andy mm-hmm. you paid the price <laughs> or if you switch the diet um, too quickly and they stop eating or you gave a whole bunch of treats because it was your birthday or the flock's birthday or <laughs> the bag broke open as you were heading to the feed room you know those things kind of throw for a loop Mm-hmm. Or the kids were like, "Yay!" and he's throwing yeah. handfuls of it on top. You know, <laughs> anything's yep. possible. But you know, might be ch- chickens are great recyclers. Let's feed them all of our kitchen waste. Right, right. Yeah. Great point. Great. They're point. not ruminants, and they are there. You know, they're not. They're they're non-ruminants, and they're not garbage disposals. Um, so, you know, they may still be trying to produce eggs for you and you're feeding them gobs and gobs and gobs of stuff that seems like you're keeping things sustainable and clean and natural and all on the farm. But what do her bones look like? Mm-hmm. You know, are you designing them to a fate of early osteoporosis? Um, chickens should live, you know. Around 15 years or so. And if your chickens are dying after five, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Mm-hmm. So, you I had mean, mentioned not lay beyond, you know, five or right. so years. But, you know, there's there's a lot of factors in poultry science. But go ahead. Nope. What's your next question? No, you, yeah, you had mentioned about uh, pasture-raised or free-ranging them. And this is a question from Sarah. 
Um, she says, I would be curious to what Dr. McRae's thoughts are on pasturing and calcium. Can the, now here's a question, can the magnesium or other factors in plants interrupt their calcium uptake? Pretty, pretty deep question there. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's, let's so just narrow it I, down. Let's I, make it you easier. You kind of broke up on my phone at the okay. very beginning of your question. Can you please repeat that? Sure, because she would. Uh, she said, "I would be curious what Dr. McRae's thoughts are on pasturing and calcium. Can the magnesium or other factors in plants interrupt their calcium intake?" And I, I'm going to add a little bit more. Uh, would pasture-raised or free-range hens have a have a different management regarding calcium than than hens in a 10 by 10 coop in a 10 by 10 run? So, because she's specifically oh, yeah. asking Whenever about Whenever you she's... change the environment, you have to change the way you do things. And the question is, that's a very good question that that person asked. Mm-hmm. And the question is, would I have to change the diet that I feed my chickens because mm-hmm. the ingredients in the plant material that I'm free-ranging them on or pasturing them on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. might... Um, cause some sort of imbalance or cause uh, interference in their calcium mm-hmm. absorption and daily eggshell creation. Exactly. Now, I'm not a I'm not a reproductive physiologist and I don't know if anyone has done that research. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But that's some of the research that's just beginning to be done. But the real question is why isn't this research being done? And Andy, do you know the answer to that? Money, 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 money. And maybe because no one's asked. I don't know. It's money. Okay. <laughs> so I got it right the first time. <laughs> the, the capable researchers who who have the knowledge, who have <laughs> the uh, perhaps the facilities. There's only like two facilities in the country that have done any sort of free-range research, um, poultry schools, uh, there's not a lot of money in this. And for these people to keep their jobs, they need to be doing something that trains students, that brings in research dollars, and that ain't it, folks. So (laughs) it's not that your question isn't good, it's just that question hasn't reached the ears of either the researchers or hasn't reached the ears of granting agencies. And so or it maybe, hasn't been done. Research might, maybe not, I, might be in progress now, but I'm not aware yeah. of it. Or, or it do, doesn't a lot of research though come from bad things that have happened? Like this happened. Why did it happen? Oh, we lost this many chickens, or you, you, this affected your bottom line. Let's do a study on it. I'm guessing just like, and that's not a negative thing. I'm just saying like a lot of things are we learn from because something bad happened. Something bad happened, so now we have a warning label on the hair dryer or something like that. I would guess yeah. a lot of re- a lot of research <laughs> is done because something happened negatively, and they're like, hey, how can we fix this? Um, I wanted to run this out here too. This may just be kind of a yes or no, but so um, so let's. Before you okay. before you go down that path, you know, put a okay. pin in it. I got so it. that means that it's not likely to be backyard flock owners that these answers will be um, researched for. It's going mm-hmm. to be the 
medium to large scale pasture poultry producers who um, or even commercial if they you know if they are um, of sufficient size but it's likely to be those groups and then you have to ask yourself as a small flock owner if I buy from them versus raising my own chickens you know am I helping support backyard flock owners in the long run Mm-hmm. Um, but like say a medium scale producer, someone who raises poultry on pasture and has specific pasture for poultry, not for some other species, and then chickens just come on it right after. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those folks have a lot more skin in the game, um, business wise, small business wise, and so granting agencies are are um, there are some granting agencies that work on their behalf, but. Um, that's that's what I wanted to talk about. And mm-hmm. what was your your thing that I asked you to put a pin in? Oh yeah, the, the next question, and then we'll go to the next one that's on Facebook. Um, so often uh, on on um, the forums and in the groups uh, with tons and tons of chicken keepers, there'll be questions like uh, they'll sometimes just post a picture lately they've been because it's so easy posting a video of say a soft shell egg basically the it's just the membrane and it's all it's like a jelly you know or just a jelly yeah. egg um or they'll have a, show a picture of a misshapen egg or maybe a the little tiny calcium deposits on the tip of the eggs is this normal what is this going on and and i think um dr Pateski, i think we've done some shows podcasts in the past about egg for informalities and deformities and things like that you can go and Look that up, listeners, if you're interested in that. And we but actually no- have videos that describe it in for the 4-H Golden Egg Contest. There's several really? short, three-minute or less videos. Andy, I tell you about these videos all the time. You don't go look at them. But the topic caught me off guard. So this is on <laughs> on YouTube, right? They're on YouTube. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Clearly yeah. what I'm saying is sinking in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> go watch my videos. <laughs> all right, so... Because so, Andy's not going to go look at the videos. Let me tell you about the videos. <laughs> so if you go to the YouTube and type in 4-H egg, uh, golden egg contest, there are several videos specifically to teach young people how to select their best eggs for the golden egg contest. But we also go through egg deformities and all the different uh-huh. sizes and shapes they okay. can go into it, including calcium deposits and thin shell days. So if you've never now, seen these things before and you haven't been on Facebook and spotted some of those posts, you can yeah, check it out. Your mm-hmm. YouTube. Perfect. Now, my, the follow-up, they'll post all these different things, and 80% or more of the answers are they need more calcium. You got to add more calcium. You need to add oyster shell. You need to feed that shell. It's all no. Yeah, thank you. Because any any anything that they post wrong about the egg or the egg shell, that ninety eighty percent or you need to add more calcium. And so I've just kind of said, well, you know, when I when I kind of chime in, I'm like, this is they're going to spit these eggs out on occasion, and it does not necessarily mean they need more calcium. It just could be a there. There could be three things that come to mind as to why that can happen. Number one, that might be your first sign that you've got a disease problem. Okay. Like say, infectious bronchitis does that. Mm-hmm. That might be your only sign. Of course, not usually, but might be the only sign that you have an infectious bronchitis case. Mm-hmm. Is a messed up looking egg. Okay. Um, 
it might mean that the hen is ready to molt. And so, or maybe she's coming in to her first laying cycle, and so you kind of get some squishy looking Mm -hmm. eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, she might be to she might be ready to finish her first laying cycle. And boy, that molt would really benefit her to help regain the calcium that she's been putting into eggshells and build her bones back up. But we don't really have a molting diet out there for flock owners. Um, Boy, I wish somebody would develop that. Mm -hmm. Do you hear me out there, nutritionists? Something for small flock owners that says, you know, molt ease or something like that. Um. But there's a there's another reason is it could be genetic. Be mm-hmm. some hens that just do not do a good job of rotating that egg inside the oviduct, or she might be putting out um, just part of her normal output and how she puts the shell on that egg. She might always have one end that's going to be torpedo or one end that's going to be um, a little misshapen or calcium deposit. These things are genetics. You can't change that by feeding uh, additional calcium. But, uh, you know, Facebook is an interesting place, but it's it's not a replacement for a good book, taking a class, talking to um, poultry experts in your particular state, if you have them, if you don't, there's there's books out there. And, you know, I know a lot of people have gotten started with chickens lately. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes Facebook just seems easy, but it's not because you're not getting the whole answer. Here's um, so did we answer? I'm trying to think because I'm of course taking notes myself. Did we answer the simple question of I'm a new flock owner. I've got 12 laying hens in my backyard. They're pets. Do I need to provide oyster shell for them? You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. It's not the okay. same as grits. Right, um, right. But if you don't want to, you know, don't let it get wet. Keep it dry. Mm-hmm. Um, you can leave it in there and occasionally replenish it, and mm-hmm. okay, but you don't have to. Okay. And then if you see some negative effects, um, you can then at that point start to give them some free choice oyster shell. Or free choice crunched up eggshells. Eggshell. Back to them. Okay, got it. Cool. This young lady on our um, – Instagram, she put, um, this is interesting, so I'm just going to read it to you, and we'll see what questions we can get out of this. Neutrina came out with a duck feed this year nationally in 50-pound bags, but their calcium level is low. We keep our chickens out of it, but the ducks go and eat the layer feed in the chicken coop when they are all free-ranging. We do have... That's a management issue. We do straight up a management issue. (laughs) We do have free choice oyster shell for both species available. Should I be doing anything else for my laying ducks to keep their shell strong? Um, So, 
that's, that's it's not their shells that you need to worry about. It's just their overall um, growth if they're a growing duck and mm-hmm. um, their overall management if they're an adult duck <clears throat> because the dietary needs for an Anseriformes, a duck, is different from a Galliformes, which is a chicken. I mean, they're they're very different birds. And that's why we feed ducks different feeds than we do chickens. Their nutritional requirements are different. So if you're wondering, well, how do I keep my ducks out of your chicken feed? Well, why are they together? First of all, that's a biosecurity management issue. That's a that's a huge biosecurity no no. Mm-hmm. I mean, big Andy, because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. waterfowl diseases. Yeah, it's waterfowl. Hello, it's waterfowl mm-hmm. in with your domestic chickens, and that's a major red flag. Mm-hmm. But um, that's a management issue. They need to look at how they're raising their animals and what they need, what they are willing to do differently, because their animals have needs that they're not meeting. Nutritionally. Okay, Maybe it looks like she. They may say, "Oh, my chickens look fine." Yeah, prove it. Okay, you don't so have it looks the testing that that you would have to. You don't have the testing methods that you would need to to look into or pay for to prove that your chickens are just fine. Just feed them right. Keep them separate. Gotcha. Yeah, quarter quarter ultra is the name they're going by here. They got a picture of a uh, chicken um, there on Instagram. Apparently they're housed separately because it says when the ducks will go into the chicken coop run when they're all free ranging. So apparently they all free range together and then the ducks will sneak in there to the, so I I guess you could kind of close off that, but then I don't know how the chickens would get back in. So yeah, management area. um, That's a management issue. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. not a nutritional issue. That's a management issue. Okay, got it. Um, I'm trying to think. The, the one other question uh, that I did see was the theory, and I'm not sure where she where she got it. it. May have been her own thought process. The theory that 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 at recycling the eggshells and giving it back more fast acting, the oyster shells slower acting, and because they make eggshells overnight, I think that was her terminology that I need to add both to get the best of both worlds. Um, so that relevant. I'm not a nutritionist thing? and I cannot right. answer that question. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cause I know learning after doing this for 12 years, you learn pretty quick that everything is so specialized. So I have no problem with oh, that. Yeah. Let me see if anything has popped up at all recently and if not i'll take a commercial break and we come back we'll continue just talking about that and ooh, there may be a couple here now someone was asking if i'm at work can i listen later and yes absolutely if you miss any of this um live podcast uh it is um, recorded and saved and just within minutes of us ending this podcast in about oh 20 minutes you'll be able to listen to the whole thing even Ten years from now, you'll be able to listen to this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and put Dr. McRae on hold, and we're going to go over here and go through our second commercial break. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about maybe we can – well, I'm sure she has a whole list of things we haven't talked about yet, and that's what we'll focus on. If not, one thing that comes to mind is um, – 
is the issue of uh, when I say, and it may, it may not be accurate, we're going to hear from Dr. McRae, when I say things like every ounce of treat they eat is an ounce of treat of nutrition, every ounce of treat they eat may be an ounce of nutritionally balanced feed they're not going to eat. And if that's their main source of calcium, that alone, too many treats, less consumption of their nutritionally balanced feed, that where that calcium is, um, may result in some um, osteoporosis and weak bones and causing them to pull more bone out, more calcium out of their bones, uh, which then you, at the end of the day, don't have a healthy hen. Even if you may say, look, my hens are healthy, they, at the end of the day, they, they may not be for that very reason. So uh, we're going to go to this commercial break and we'll be back. Hopefully you're taking lots of notes like I am and uh, stay with us, folks. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at Brincy.com. That's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Metzer Farms is now hatching and shipping the premier egg layer. This girl is consistently laying jumbo eggs with a higher nutrient density and lower water content than your eggs now. She is an extremely hardy bird and the most heat and cold tolerant egg layer available, allowing for year-round outdoor production. An eggshell unmatched in sturdiness and thickness, making cracks a thing of the past. Increase your health and double your egg profits. Of course, we're talking about ducks. Duck eggs are revered by chefs for their succulent flavor and by bakers for being the better baking egg. Learn more about this extraordinary duck, the Golden 300, or any of our other 35-plus breeds of ducks and geese at MetzerFarms.com and order your next flock from us. Since 1921, Stromberg's has been a family-owned and operated business providing quality poultry and poultry supplies to their customers. Today, the Stromberg's family offers over 200 different breeds of poultry, including chickens, waterfowl, and game birds. They also offer poultry supplies for both the beginner and experienced poultry keeper. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. And now we return to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer with your host, Andy Schneider. When you find yourself in danger, when you're threatened by a stranger, when it looks like you will take a licking... <laughs> There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just call for chicken. All right. Thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer brought to you by Tucker Milling. And that kind of is a great segue into a couple announcements. Um, one is uh, last year, because of the pandemic, I did not do any tours whatsoever. I really missed it. I love getting out there and meeting fans and talking about poultry and chickens and doing book signings and ask, answering questions and, and talking about biosecurity. 
Um, and so this year, we're going to kind of ease back into that. It looks like we'll be scheduling six events this spring, two in March, two in April, two in May. Um, and at least that's the goal right now. We've started those wheels of turning and uh, and it'll be in the uh, the lower, I guess, the southeast. So we're looking at Alabama, Florida, um, Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, maybe South Carolina, a little bit of Kentucky. Um, and uh, so I will definitely be and you will see me post about those and post from the events themselves. And and we're hoping to get that kicked off. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, if you subscribe to Chicken Whisperer magazine, either the digital edition or the print edition, those should be going out here in the next couple of weeks for the spring issue. And if you notice, two days ago, I issued uh, it was a breaking news that the major hatcheries across the country that day received notice from the United States Postal Service that they will not be taking any live shipments by air this week, none, not a zero. Um, and so they were requesting that, and by now I'm sure they've reached out to all of their customers who had a delivery date for this week. Uh, and of course, if you still hadn't heard and maybe you were expecting chicks today or tomorrow, you might want to call that hatchery and say, hey, I heard that the United States Postal Service was not taking any live animals whatsoever this week. I heard that they bent the rules a little bit for one particular hatchery. I won't mention names, but I also know a lot of that some of the other hatcheries, based on weather and road conditions, were trying to deliver via truck. Um, I heard that, uh, for example, McMurray, I think, was trying to deliver as many by truck, by ground versus air, and they were even going to be getting as far south as Oklahoma. I know John Metzer out in California, they're not really that affected, but I know that they, they, uh, they're delivering, let's say if, uh, if I, like for ideal poultry, for example, in Cameron, Texas, they got ice upon ice and then eight inches of snow or whatever the case may be, they can't even get the chicks out of Cameron where they're at to get to the airport to fly. And then the USPS said they're not even flying anything. So I know that a lot of the hatcheries work together, and I believe I think John Metzer was going to be trying to fulfill some of their orders over in uh, parts of California that they were to ship to. So it's a very interesting web of you know the hatcheries and how they work together in different parts of the country and air shipping or ground shipping. Um, so I just wanted to let everybody know that um, that should be ending that that air embargo they were calling it for live animals should be ending I think tomorrow. Uh, and then I think back Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they'll get back into that. But I wanted to say, if you haven't received chicks, call that hatchery because it may not, not their fault. The, the USPS did that air embargo. So I wanted to share that with you. Let's get back over here to Dr. McRae. We're talking about calcium and your flock. And um, I'm just going to let, let you have it. If there's something in your notes there that you're like, oh, I don't want to forget to talk about this or that. Or um, we can talk about the, the treat issue and how... Uh, again, killing them with kindness or spoiling them at the end of the day may be causing some of that osteoporosis. Did you have a question? <laughs> no, I was going to see if, if you had anything oh. on your uh, outline, show outline that we haven't covered yet, um, or, or if you wanted to address the issue that too many treats, uh, that theory of the, yeah, the treats. I, and the, I think we probably beat that drum to death, Andy, and mm -hmm. people are still willing to risk flock overall health and, and flock productivity and um, longevity of their flock, but um, I don't know how else to say it. Right. <laughs> Eat a good balanced diet, and you know, it's a problem for humans, too. I mean, okay. humans overeat. Humans make make bad decisions, fail to make good decisions consistently in some cases. And 
Um, you know, I think I think I saw recently an advertisement for cat food that you know, killing your cat with kindness. Well, too many treats means that you know you end up with kitty diabetes or an overweight cat that can't move and play and jump and you know fatty liver disease maybe yeah fatty Mm -hmm. liver disease is on the rise weight obesity Mm -hmm. yeah um what your chickens could do um can be ruined by by what you think is is just sweet treats and you know you're giving them all the love that they possibly can well you know give them love but it doesn't have to be in the form of treats I wish there was a way, and I've been trying to do this, is to try to change the mindset that if you're buying that twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen dollar bag of nutritionally balanced layer feed designed by these experts, that you're you're treating them with that. I mean, that's a huge treat. That's you know, you're caring yeah. for your flock by giving. So I'm, I would love to try to change that mindset. That by me buying, going to the store, lugging that 50 pound bag home, paying the dollar that they want for this nutritionally balanced laying pellet or, or, or laying crumble, that alone, you are spoiling your flock by doing that. They don't. You don't anything well, else? You know. Your listeners know. Your your longtime listeners know and mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Um. And and honestly, they can become educators too. They might hang out on some blogs or forums or Facebook pages or groups that that um, you know you and I just don't have time for. But you know, if they can rationally and and non-judgmentally explain why a balanced diet is preferred over treats, then you know. Your listeners are are basically your your education force. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Chicken whisperer approved education force. There you go. Is there a as the average backyard flock owner? Is there something I can look at some um, um, to to maybe help see that my flock is lacking in calcium and I don't, I don't know like weak bones i don't know how as a backyard flock owner yeah. uh, i would do that so get, get, maybe you can as you we can. wrap up the show you here can go to your vet. You, can... you can go to your vet and um they can just do something you know it's a x-ray or a bone density test like they would for any other animal now not all veterinarians have that piece of equipment but and they might send you to the vet who does but it's a bone density test I mean, we have bone density tests for people. So they might be able to perform an x-ray, and most veterinarian offices can do that. Not all of them, but most. And Or they could do a bone density test. So that's something that you could do to see, you know, is my five-year-old hen that stopped laying a year ago that, um, you know, looks like she might be a little overweight, you know, if I'm willing to make an appointment at the veterinarian. If the veterinarian will take the the appointment, mm-hmm. that might be a really interesting, probably would be a fascinating conversation for a small flock owner just to sit in a room with a poultry-knowledgeable veterinarian and just talk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some some pet owners, whether it's cat, dog, or chicken, don't want to spend that kind of money and gain that kind of knowledge. 
But I would encourage you to do so. Establish a good working relationship with a veterinarian, and you'll see that that can take you many, many miles. I remember when, I guess it was obviously this past year, uh, there was no IPPE, so it may have been the year before we were walking, and um, yep. I, believe, I believe it was there where we saw companies, one company, or I, I'm pretty sure it was there, that they were trying to, the rumor was there or something, trying to use chicken feathers uh, as um, to feed the world, to basically put them into an edible meat, protein and all. And so I don't I, remember I wanna, that. Okay. I want to let our, um, our listeners know. That was know, a long day. It was, it was a couple of, yeah, it was a long day. Um, and, and, and you too, if you haven't been over to the, the chicken whisperer Facebook page, just go to our chicken, uh, it's facebook.com forward slash the chicken whisperer. And then that, that's our homepage. And you can scroll down. And I think it was on, let's see, it was three days ago. And I posted a video of a, of a gentleman, I believe it was in Thailand, um, with no, I don't think he had a background in food production or animal production. And he just, you know, walked by this production facility processing chickens. And what do we do with all the feathers? Just what, you know, and so he has, uh, you can watch this video. He has developed, um, using chicken feathers, uh, into a protein or, you know, it says the meat, uh, looks like meat, supposedly tastes like meat out of feathers, so I just wanted to uh, – we'll end the show with that, but you can head over to the Facebook page and scroll down and see this video of his story uh, to going and using feathers from processing chickens you know, um, to actually a food to feed humans uh, that is protein-based. Apparently, it's a high-protein feed for humans. And, uh, yes, how- but it's a different protein form than, say, mussels. Muscle protein, mm-hmm. like our hair mm-hmm. and our fingernails are proteins, but our hair and fingernails look different from each other because of the shape of the protein. So, you know, that's going back to biochemistry class. I'm kind of sitting there going, <laughs> um, how that? Show, how do you make that work, or did he yeah, make go look, that work? Go how digestible is it? Yeah, it shows him with a beacon and and doing some science stuff with it. <laughs> some science stuff and science stuff. Yeah, so that's just the video, you know. It's doing some science stuff with it and uh, making it edible. Shows some, you know, shows the end product and and uh, but yeah, go take a look at it. I'd love to hear your thought okay, on, on that. Okay, listeners, I got a question for you. Good. Should Andy go website? to grad school? So he learns no. to do science stuff. <laughs> he says he won't do it. No, no. And he I really, honestly, hindsight's twenty twenty. Because he'd be, he's too afraid. <laughs> I would be. I would be. Um, you know, but that article you did in the magazine about about uh, learning from home, you know, and I should have took advantage. What was that? Fifty bucks, and I could take some classes at Auburn. I mean, that I should have definitely. I, I should really should take advantage of that. And before we go. 4-H Golden Egg Contest in your YouTube browser there. Go to YouTube and type in 4-H Golden Egg Contest. There'll be an array of videos there um, that you can uh, we can learn from, especially from this show, <laughs> about the egg deformities uh, that are out there for from Dr. McRae. So, oh, and I want to let you know, um, I have actually written down on my to-do list, preferably over the next two weeks, 
to contact the Alabama 4-H Center and schedule Cooptastic for 2022. Ooh, so, yeah, so that is that is on my list to do this week and look at some dates for next year. I think fall's a little too close. I think by fall, more people will be kind of over this pandemic and be like, hey, if I'm going to get it, I'm yeah, going to get it. Yeah, fall's already booked up, so you're looking a year out, yeah, quite honestly. Yeah. And it'll, it takes a year to get this plan and get all of our awesome speakers and, and all the events and all that we want to do. And what reminded me of that, Dr. McRae, is you talked about overindulging with food, and that reminded me of all the awesome food we had at Cooptastic. And that's how that topic yeah. <laughs> entered, entered into my – they finished construction, so it's a brand-new center over there. At least yeah. um, you didn't get to see the part that that's no. all constructed upon, but it's – there's even more meeting room facilities, too. Wow, that's fantastic. We'll do that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Calcium and Your Flock, with Dr. McRae. And uh, we look forward to having you back the first Thursday in March. Can you believe it's already March? <laughs> yeah. Okay, almost March. And uh, so we'll see you the first Thursday in March. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge with us today. You take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There we go. Alrighty, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in. As a reminder, uh, you can subscribe to the digital edition of Chicken Whisper magazine, which is completely free. Or if you'd like a real touchy-feely magazine to come right to your mailbox, you can do that too. Nine ninety-five per year. Just go to chickenwhisperermagazine.com. I look forward to seeing you on the Tucker Milling Spring Tour. Uh, either in March, April, or May, somewhere in the southeast. And tune in next Thursday because we have a new guest that's going to be coming on the show. Next Thursday, um, I'm going to be welcoming the poultry nutritionist um, from Tucker Milling. Okay, it's going to be awesome. Curran's going to be here. He is a poultry nutritionist, and he has agreed to come on because we had that missing link on the fourth Thursday. So now we've got, I mean, a full schedule. The first and third Thursday of every month, poultry scientist Dr. McRae. The second Thursday of every month, poultry veterinarian Dr. Pateski. And now the fourth Thursday of every month, poultry nutritionist uh, uh, Dr. Gehrig uh, um, with Tucker Milling Feed. So that's going to be fantastic. We already know what we're going to be talking about on, on Thursday and the topic there which is actually he's writing now for the magazine as well. So we'll have another expert contributor in Chicken Whisper magazine starting in the spring issue. And uh, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but let me just give you something to ponder. Is medicated chick starter a thing of the past? That's all I'm going to say. Is medicated chick starter a thing of the past? And we're going to be talking about that next Thursday. And we're going to have an article in the magazine in the spring issue about that. So it's going to be fascinating. Keep that in mind. For You're not going to want to miss that show uh, with uh, Current. So that's going to be fantastic. And I think that's probably it. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And, uh, hey, power to the poultry, everybody. This has been Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tucker Milling, with your host, Andy Schneider. For more information, find us on the web at chickenwhisperer.com, on Facebook by typing in The Chicken Whisperer, on Twitter at Backyard Poultry, and on Instagram at The Real Chicken Whisperer. Thanks for listening. Yeah.